welcome to Risk Chats with a Firm. I'm your host, Paul Marshall. Today we're talking about one of the newer NIST releases. Uh, it is NIST IR8286, all about integrating cybersecurity and enterprise risk management. So to speak about this timely topic, we have invited Tony Wang and Bernice Harvey. We think you guys will enjoy this, uh, speaking to how to integrate things across the enterprise. Cyber obviously touches everything, so it makes sense that we need a little bit more guidance here on how to integrate this with DRM programs. So without further ado, let's start the show. Hello and welcome to our podcast. All right, so today we're going to be talking about cybersecurity and uh, some NIST guidance that just came out. So um, we have with us today, Bernice, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Bernice Harvey, uh, recently retired from the federal government, and I'm a principal with Harvey Consulting and Training, LLC, here in Northern Virginia. Okay, and let's say hello to Tony as well. Tony? This is Tony Wang. I'm a partner with William Sally. Our office is located in downtown D.C., obviously. Nobody shows up to D.C. anymore. We all work remotely. I've been with the firm for about six years now. Thank you. Okay, great. Well, let's jump into it. Um, so why don't we start off and, you know, folks chime in as, you, as you'd like to here. But um, I think we're going to start with Tony. Maybe talk about this new guidance that came out. It's actually a NIST IR8286. So maybe uh, for our audience, can you give us a little insight into what that's all about? Uh, sure, Paul. Uh, I'll take crack at it first. Uh, so, Paul, as you mentioned, this NIST uh, uh, Interagency Report 8286, it was issued uh, uh, last October, uh, October 2020. Uh, the, the main focus is really providing guidance to help federal agencies uh, to implement the cybersecurity risk information as inputs to their enterprise uh, uh, risk management programs. As the name alluded to, it's very intuitive. Uh, this publication you know, provides the details on how to use the cybersecurity risk register to support the overall enterprise level decision makings. <clears throat> uh, the, the guidance itself actually provide a very detailed walkthrough of the cybersecurity risk management uh, life cycle process, you know, which include, uh, you know, step one, you need to set up uh, a, a, uh, a clear risk management strategy that you need to understand and know how to identify risks, analyze the risks, prioritize the risk uh, and execute risk response strategies. And lastly, do you continuous risk monitoring, readjustment, and improve the process as a whole? So that's in a nutshell what this publication is about. Right. And maybe let's go to the next thing here because, you know, uh, there's been guidance out there in the past about ERM and cyber separately, maybe even together. Um but, you know, just give us a little insight, Tony. We'll talk to Bernice after you just to get, you know, what are some of the big obstacles you've seen historically for agencies to implement these kind of things? Uh, sure, Paul. So uh, the, the main obstacles I've seen is really at the beginning of the this entire risk management process lifecycle. 
So that, that is you as an agency or agency leaders, do you know exactly what you have? Uh, a lot of federal agencies are facing the challenge to know their own inventories. You know, we're talking about software, hardware. I really identify and prioritize what or which asset are critical. And by if you're able to do that, you can actually optimize how cybersecurity risk is identified. And obviously those risks that affect the most important or valuable resource assets should be assigned the largest risk exposure. So from my perspective, I think to know what you have is the biggest obstacle right now. Um, Bernice, you know, uh, what's your perspective? Well, I agree with what you've said. Um, I think that from an integration perspective, there's going to be challenges with uh, variances in uh, terminology and taxonomy for cybersecurity has been used in the federal government for a while, and uh, NIST has a robust framework for risk management, but I think the terminology is somewhat different than what we traditionally see in enterprise risk management. You might use uh, threats in cybersecurity, and we might use risk in uh, you know, traditional ERM. I think that would be a challenge. I think in cybersecurity, the velocity of risk could be much higher than one would normally see in uh, traditional ERM business objective-oriented um, implementation. Um, so absolutely, Bernice, no, thank you for that. Um, now, again, like, you know, every time there's a new regulation or some new guidance out there, that does also give opportunities for agencies to, you know, to kind of work together and, and get some things going. So, I mean, what do you all see as some some potential opportunities to take advantage of here? Well, I think um, you're absolutely right. There are going to be opportunities to streamline, I think, risk reporting, uh, eliminate duplication of um, risk record keeping uh, when one integrates cybersecurity with this traditional ERM. Also, I think just the knowledge sharing uh, when you share across the cybersecurity program area and uh, with the other program areas that are more business-oriented, the CFO, the COO, uh, just uh, the program areas, it's, it's um, definitely a win-win uh, to have that kind of uh, understanding of how the assets, as Tony called them, that inventory of assets, if something happens to them, how they uh, impact the operations. Uh, sure, yeah, I, you know, uh, I definitely agree with uh, uh, Bernice. Actually, I, I actually see a couple of great intangible benefits. Uh, uh, one of the biggest opportunity, I believe, is actually workforce skills training to really recruiting and training more cybersecurity professionals to be part of the ERM the traditional ERM team, because it does require a different thinking and different skills. And secondly, you know, I think this, this may really speed up the federal sectors to leverage more advanced technologies. You know, you know Bernice kind of alluded to, you know, such as a, a cloud services platform to really perform some standard or routine job functions. So these are two big intangible benefits. Uh, 
you know, I, I think, you know, uh, you know, and I'm excited for, for it. That's great. Well, let's talk about, you know, I think our audience would be interested in, you know, what are some actual specific techniques that an agency uh, can implement, you know, can, can take to actually help implement these uh, requirements that are coming out here, you know, to really get cyber and ERM to integrate better. What are some good techniques for that? Well, I guess I'll take a crack at that. I think that some techniques would include ensuring that the uh, uh, cybersecurity information officer or CISO is a member of the risk management committee or council. Um, and that role is stated in the risk management council charter, uh, the role of either the C CISO or the CIO as a member of the council. And uh, I would highly recommend that uh, there be um, a search for opportunities to reduce duplication, as I mentioned earlier, such as record keeping. Um, if there's a governance risk and compliance system, perhaps that could be the record keeping system um, used by both the ERM program and the cybersecurity function. And I think just making sure there's education about how the integration is necessary for just about everybody in the entity. So if they became aware of a risk or threat, they could, they would know that this is a risk to the business and the business objectives and strategic priorities. Um, like I said, uh, the merging of the reporting is essential. Uh, I also think that um, there should, you know, I would definitely ensure there is a lot of communication back and forth between the, the cybersecurity program area and the risk management committee. And um, also very important, I think, is mapping um, cybersecurity threats to business objectives and strategic priorities on, on what I would call the business side, because I think there's a lot of mapping already to particular assets and threats and things like that, but then taking it a step further and mapping it to the business objectives. So I think that's really some of the key areas. Great, and Tony, why don't you tell us, so uh, I know you guys do a lot of audits over there, maybe um, what are some things you think uh, auditors might be looking for when they see agencies trying to get this uh, figured out? Yeah, thanks, but this is definitely my sweet spot. You know, uh, you know, in the federal sector, uh, all the executive agencies must go through. Everybody knows this annual, in the FISMA audit, this from compliance perspective, and the, the Office Inspector General, the OIG, my client, they issue FISMA metrics annually, uh, which provide a a detailed guidance for auditors to follow you know, when we're conducting the FISMA audit. Uh, the OIG FISMA metrics uh, leverages the, the, the NIST cybersecurity framework, or what we call CSF. It, uh, it has, uh, you know, what we call included five main security functions. Uh, you know, it's identify, protect, uh, detect, respond, and recover. I hope I got that right. If I don't, people are laughing at me. I've been doing this for 10, 15 years. Um, and within those uh, key functions, uh, they are what we call specific security domains. People need to 
you know, really understand and follow. There, uh, I believe there are eight security domains based on last year's metrics. You know, that include risk management, configuration management, uh, identity access management, uh, data protection, privacy, security training, information security, continuous monitoring, instant response, and the contingency planning. So they are, so it's quite a bit. Uh, they are the auditors, you know, focused on when we performing the annual FISMA audit on behalf of the OIG for federal agencies. I think that's, uh, you know, if you're talking about compliance, that's the major driver in federal agencies. Right, absolutely. And, you know, another perspective, so we kind of see what the OIG might be coming from or the auditors might be coming from, you know, maybe, uh, again, what would be a perspective, you know, what, what do you think CFOs need to think about? I don't know, maybe Bernice wants to chime in on that one. Uh, sure. Um, I think CFOs want to be audit ready. Uh, I know agencies where the inspector general is already auditing the ERM program. And so I think documentation of the um, risk management council charter policies, procedure, uh, risk appetite, uh, that type of thing, all that needs to be um, ready so that it demonstrates how uh cybersecurity risk management is integrated uh, with ERM, among other things. But um, certainly for the scope of this call, I think it's important to do that. Mm -hmm. And I think they're going to be very interested in standardization of the taxonomy. So there might be different ways that NIST lays out, for example, uh, the rating scale might be one to four. And so an agency's ERM program might have a rating scale of one to five, five being the riskiest, right? So there's gonna to have to be some uh, standardization and alignment there. And then I think also they're going to want to know, the CFO would wanna know more about the internal control structure on the cybersecurity side if they don't have that already, because that's, uh, you know, as we all know, ERM needs to be integrated with internal control. So they'll have to become very smart about that. Right. Yeah. And, 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 you know, some agencies, it depends on who's leading the ERM. I mean, some places CFOs leads it, some places as a chief risk officer, totally independent of that. Um, and then also back to your internal controls, good point, because, you know, cyber is very important for it in affect the financial systems and financial processes. But again, I feel like there would be some maybe confusion or overlap over who needs to be monitoring this or how do you do if you're going to, is it CFO, is it CIO, is it together, is it some kind of an overlapping I don't know. I mean, I, you probably don't have the answer for that, but I'm assuming that's just something yeah. that every agency has to figure out. Yeah, pa yeah, yeah, Paul. Actually, you know, you know, to your point, uh, you know, Bernice talked about CFO. I, I hope the CIOs, uh, the CTO, and the CISOs will see the benefit with this integration uh, because you know, it, you know, uh, it'll most likely increase the communication to synergize among those leaders. You know, then they can really reduce the duplicate effort, like Bernice mentioned before, on managing cyber or IT-related risks. You know, I, and again, I, I, I hope we will reshape at least CIO or CTO perspective on workforce skills I, I mentioned before that really needed to deal with uh, uh, cyber risks. You know, I, I just don't want to see, you know, CIO or CTO, they just slap some additional cyber responsibilities to the traditional IT operational folks who may not have the proper skills to really design and implement cybersecurity controls based on the NIST 
to really protect agencies' critical assets? Um, I couldn't agree more. I think uh, really the CIO organization is gonna, going to play an uh, ever-increasing role in enterprise risk management, mostly because the businesses, uh, the business units within the uh, government entity or any entity are using more advanced um, innovative technologies, RPA, AI, to support their business. And a lot can go wrong with that. I mean, take, for instance, 5G. A lot of folks are looking forward to that. The FAA sent a uh, memo to Department of Defense with respect to um, radar altimeter being adversely by 5G. So there's like um, a whole new, uh, not necessarily cybersecurity, but certainly someone could try to uh, influence 5G in a negative way. And there we have planes in the sky with problems. And that's what I want to risk. The risk could be erroneous uh, once it appears. And the velocity of mitigation is going to be uh, really increased or need to be increased, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Great insight. So um, getting close to the end here, I do. I am going to put a link on our website so you can go and check out the NIST guidance. Um, I guess I just want to get from both of you, uh, again, just some final thoughts, you know, whether it's words of encouragement for agencies to do this or things for them to think about or, um, you know, just any final thoughts. Maybe we start with uh, Tony. Uh, sure. Uh, again, you know, this uh, this is a great discussion. I really appreciate it, guys. Uh, I think just like Bernice mentioned uh, a couple of minutes ago, you know, our daily life has been so intertwined with technology now. You know, you know, we're talking about smartphone, apps, social media platforms, Internet of Things, the IOTs, the 5Gs, and et cetera. You know, everything has become a bits and the bytes. Uh, actually, you know, uh, a joke is don't forget about quantum computing, uh, the, 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 the qubits, the qubits, whatever they call. Cyber risk uh, occurs every day. You know, it impacts everyone directly and indirectly. Uh, you know, I think our government and federal agency uh, need to drastically improve the cybersecurity risk management uh, processes so we can really have a better way to deal with uh, the cyber hacks, you know, like recent, what, uh, what happens to solar winds, you know, most people heard about, uh, you know, very recently. Now, on the other hand, uh, as I mentioned before, I, I think this is also creates a great opportunity, uh, opportunity and demands for cyber workforce. Uh, I don't think we'll have a choice anyway. So uh, just, just to put a button on this. Thanks, guys. Um, this is Bernice. I really think that, um, it's very doable um, on a positive note. Uh, a lot of energy, uh, entities do very well with their cybersecurity. Sure, there's a glitch uh, sometimes. Uh, the ERM framework developed by GAO and so uh, and language in OMB Circular A123 and this um, guidance in 8286 are very complementary. There's no, um, I think, real issues that are going to have to be worked out uh, to fit it all together. I think it's very doable, and um, I'm, I'm sure people are going to um, be very glad about the knowledge sharing that it's going to provide. 
right. that's all I had. Great. No, I think it's common sense because cyber is one of those few issues that cuts across every aspect of, of a business of an agency, right? I mean, we're all in the modern age. It's all systems. And I mean, calls like this, we're all, you know, somebody could hack into our uh, Teams call or Zoom call and see what we're talking about, right? So it covers, it really touches everything. It really makes sense that we want to highlight, you know, ERM. This really needs to be part of that, you know, holistic look. So, so again, thanks you both. Thank you both very much for joining us today. And I think this was insightful and uh, encourage you all to go out to the website and read this uh read up on the nudeness guidance so thanks thanks to you both again okay thank you for having me take care thank you well that's our show thanks for tuning in affirm.org is where you find all of our podcasts you can always download them to your devices looking forward to some more podcasts coming up here soon and of course until next time your host, Paul Marshall, signing off for Risk Chats with a Firm.